I love boozing up. You know what my favorite part of drinking is? My favorite part of drinking, vomiting. <laughs> no, I like vomiting because I think that's the closest you get to becoming a monster, right? <laughs> you ever start throwing up, you know, you're like... <laughs> I'm the wolf man! <laughs>
I'm opening up for a Bachman Turner Overdrive cover band at yeah. a rib fest. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, why are you <laughs> doing that? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's speaking of like that kid one. Um, I guess I could say it for the podcast. <laughs> no, so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's, I remember we, we did an audition. Um, I don't know if you were there for that. We, we, it, was a, it was a print ad audition audition okay for like i don't know march madness or something and it was basically coca-cola or whatever you act like you're cheering on a game oh i i, I did not audition but i know you embraced it yeah. i remember that yeah so, brace was in it i think brace was selected but go ahead yeah bro, that was the thing but it was also it was, it's like one of those rooms you go into and it was also a kid audition for something separately like in the same but we're all in the same <laughs> waiting room yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah so it's all these kids and there's us comics coming shuffling through and uh Pat Price does his audition. He did it in groups of four. And we're doing it, and mm-hmm. he's just and he's screaming, like getting into it. He always like coming like, right from work. Yeah, because you're supposed to look like an excited fan, yeah, right? Yeah, excited fan. Yeah. Not, but granted, there's no audio to this. This is going to be in a magazine mm-hmm. of photo. But he's screaming, yeah. God, get off that, you terrible fucking call, ref. Stop blowing the game. Like, <laughs> but screaming a lot more violently than that. I'm being, I'm toning it down. And yeah. like, you hear it through the walls. I mean, it's so funny. And it's just all these kids <laughs> in the waiting room, like seven years old old and under just like look at the parents are terrified oh the kids are laughing they don't care you know but the parents yeah, are like sure. holding their ears and shit like that and he came out and we were like what the hell's going on in there like it's for a coca-cola ad and it's for a photograph and, and he looks all great but he come you know he came right from the board of trade so he's normal yeah screaming. yeah yeah and it can land him the gig so kids kids learn <laughs> <laughs> the whole audition process is so like it's hilariously mean and like I mean, just the way like they actually refer to you as ugly man yeah, uh, number right. two, Overweight you know, that you're loser. auditioning for. Overweight loser six. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Um, it's funny because, like, I, you know, one of the things I was thinking of when we uh, were talking about bad road gigs is bad bookers over the last few years. That is, people that book bad shows have been kind of guilted into when they reach out and, like, kind of cold call you to, like, see if you'll do their show or, like, over email. Right. Of putting all the details in there, like they used to be real cagey oh, about what they're like, what, hey, it what pays are you doing? What are you doing on May nineteenth? What? Yeah. What do you mean? What am I doing? <laughs> like a dentist, you know, right. <laughs> like what, trying to book a cleaning or something like that. <laughs> um. So now they they're like, this is the date, this is the pay. It, it. But what's hilarious is it's always the final sentence after they've hyped it up, and mm-hmm. like that sentence almost like I look at that sentence and I almost laugh about the status. That, like it'll be like. Ellipsa, Missouri, 19-hour drive, pays $75, no hotel. (laughs) Who would agree to to do this, you know? Yeah, Yeah. a lot of desperate comics. I tell you who would have back when he started out, that's for sure, maybe even today. That's Tom Clark, our guest today. I think he would have. I think you're right. Like you said, he says yes to everything, so... uh, He's a great, great friend of ours, hilarious comedian. Uh, we're going to hear a quick set from him and then stick around for an amazing interview we do with him. But for now, for a night that got away for without further ado, the great Tom Clark. I'll tell you guys this. Uh, I actually started out in the business as a uh, heckler. And I was actually one of the first hecklers to use the phrase, you suck. And... 
sometimes when I'm performing, I hear somebody shout out, you suck. And I'll be like, thanks for remembering. <laughs> and, Actually, this would kind of help me just to kind of get more comfortable. Just on the count of three, everybody could just shout out, you suck. And I think it'll kind of take me back to the old days and just sort of make me feel more at home. So on the count of three, let's do that. Here we go. One, two, three. You suck. That was a little far. Uh, some of you that felt very real. Uh, I regret doing that. I regret doing that. Uh, have a good night. Um, what's that? Oh, uh, that's that lady again. Oh, boy. <laughs> glug, glug. Uh, oh, man. I love boozing up. You know what my favorite part of drinking is? My favorite part of drinking? Vomiting. <laughs> no, I like vomiting because I think it's the closest you get to becoming a monster, right? <laughs> you ever start throwing up? You know, you're like... I'm the wolf man. I'll tell you, the, the part I hate is uh, at the end of the night when the bouncer has to yell at everybody. You ever go out, they always got to yell at people. They're always, gotta get out of here. Come on, you guys gotta get out of here. Come on, you guys gotta get out of here. Way more effective if they just start crying, you know? I don't think they should yell, I think they should whisper it. Wouldn't that be more effective? You know, they just walk up to your group and like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> just look at your friends, we gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't know what's gonna happen. Some shit's about to go down. And we're back into Blackout Diaries. <laughs> With Boom Top Clark from Boom Chicago in <laughs> <laughs> Amsterdam. Oh, man. That was a great Top Clark. And now we have him with us on the Black Guitars. Tom, thank you for joining us, by the way. Thank this is you. A long time. I, uh, this is a yeah. yeah. Long time coming. Long time great comedian. 25 years in the business, according to your last blog, by the way. I yeah, wouldn't no. even suggest that. That's amazing. Boy, now we're at uh, coming up on 29 years. Ah, well, that was a four-year-old. Wow. Well, you got to update your website then because that's a four-year-old blog. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be blogging all the time. I'm going to do uh, – that's why I'm doing the podcast. I'm going to catch people up in the last four years. <laughs> yeah, you got to do the tour. <laughs> so update your life. You yes. anything to plug? No, I just want to tell you that I've been uh, doing this for four more years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Tom Clark from the Milwaukee. Tom Clark's uh, – Oh, Jesus, now I feel. Right. <laughs> I was going to talk about your what? dad had had a day for him in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. And he threw out, threw out the first pitch. But now but now I'm a little worried to bring up anything if everything I'm reading is four years old. <laughs> he's still around. He's 97 years old. I'm just kidding. I know he's still around. Just because I do see your recent posts about uh, it. But yeah. it is amazing. He had a Gafkin and stuff. And, and uh, yeah. And then they, and Milwaukee made a day, a day for his dad. Incredible. I know. Now I got to do the same thing here in LA, so the pressure's on. 
He lives out uh, there. A now. day named after you or your father in L.A. Uh, Off junior or senior? I never thought about me. Um, <laughs> but no, it would be for my dad. But I don't think I'd. I have, a, I have a friend no. who's the mayor of Burbank, so maybe I can get a, a a day named after him in Burbank. What? Yeah. I mean, a yeah why not? Who happens to be no? Of course, do it. But I'm like, a, I have a friend who happened who is a mayor who was he's like one of the mayors. I have no idea how it happened. He, he was. I did improv with him. I did comedy sports with him, and now he's the mayor. <laughs> So, Burbank's not a small city either. I know. He's, and now he wants to run for city council. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm holding on to this kid, grabbing onto his coattails. Yeah, I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. If he, can't, <laughs> if he can't get a day for your dad for old... Uh, Art Clark. Art Clark, that's right. I forgot his name. He's, he's, he's uh, the best. Yeah, Tom... CJ and I have both been uh, huge fans of yours for a long time, and like you over the years, like I remember years ago, you posted a blog. I think it was like the three worst comedy shows you've ever done. I don't even know if you remember this this blog. I think you hit it on one of the shows. You it was like your birthday week, and you hit a deer or something. Like CJ and I like <laughs> would always go back to this blog oh. and read it from time to time because of how f- it just described bad comedy shows so well. Could you? Like, uh, just give us a recap of like what some of those terrible shows were. Yeah, these were the top five bombings, and uh, I yeah. believe yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. number five was uh, Fort Wayne Snickers. Uh, with, with a Fort Z. Fort Wayne Snickers, yeah, with a Z. Snickers with a Z. And that's, uh, if I recall from that one, I want to tell your story for you almost. Yeah, yeah. That's when the guy heckled you with the legendary Get Funny, and this was before Larry the Cable Guy. Yep. He actually he, he coined the term Get. Get, get funny. <laughs> and uh, there's nothing more awkward than trying to be funnier uh, right. for somebody who doesn't think you're already funny. <laughs> it was brutal. Uh, yeah. yeah, get funny. And uh, they said they wouldn't book me back. and then, But I saw they shut down like uh, six or seven years ago. So that was uh, – I won. Yeah, that, lasted them. That is funny about you know, the, a lot of these stories. That, that all the redemption, like redeeming quality, like the, the highlight, like silver lining, like folks, and like you always, you always <laughs> end, this, this this place shut down. All, 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 the, all the happy endings are these these places have financial ruins and deficits. <laughs> <laughs> They're devastated at the end. That's all right. I ask. Yeah, I'm always That's the hero. Amazing. Um, but yeah, then the other one was the uh, Oregon. I went up to Oregon. I worked with the woman who played. In the movie Ford Fairlane, I think she was in Ford. Fa- she played Andrew Dice Clay's wife. Uh, wow. Okay. And and she also ran a uh, a temporary agency. So I was working for her, and this isn't part of the blog, but I was working for her, and I was also helping her move out of the house. Like that's the temp job she got me. <laughs> and yeah. eventually, I just sort of became sort of this handsome companion, where we would just. <laughs> Sometimes we weren't even doing anything. We'd just go out for lunch, and she would still pay me. And I was like, what wow. is going on? This is uh... – <laughs> If that's not on your bio, if that's not on your bio or website, uh, handsome companion, I don't know what you're doing. I don't even know what you're doing anymore. I bet she had me help her move on 9/11. She's like, hey, can you come over and help me move on 9/11? I'm like, wait, she requested after the terrorist attack, or this was already ter- planned, and it wasn't. She no. called you after the terrorist attack and said, "I, I need help her moving." To be like, do you still want me to come and you know move after America's <laughs> attack? She's like, yeah, yeah, let's get this move done. 
god. That is, that is your Wisconsin Midwest politeness right there, Tom. That, work ethic. that you can't even get out on 9-11 of helping somebody move. Duty before country. Right. <laughs> what I love about that story, um, besides all that that you just told us, is uh, – it was called the Tribble Run, Sean, which is right. a, which is great. It was a fancy name for like the person's name's Tribble, and the run they do, they, they just have a stream of one nighters that are scattered all over the place, it's terribly located. You're driving ten hours a night to In get to the next directions. show. Like, it's, it's, yeah, a, a run, it's atrocious. A run makes you think like, oh, it's all, all in the way, you know. You actually <laughs> come back to a place that you already were at. <laughs> a week later, you're at the place you were at a week before. <laughs> but, I, but see, so this, this woman I worked with, she, she, she was, she was an actress, and she was like a very sassy Italian lady, and she was opening, and she was dropping the c word like every three minutes. And I'm like very clean yeah. at this point. It was like 2002, and right. she was selling merch while I'm on stage. Uh, selling her merch while I'm on stage, while I'm performing, she's going table to table. <laughs> saying, hey, you want to buy? Uh, it's like earrings oh or something. God. It doesn't have nothing to do yeah. with her act. <laughs> just Etsy jewelry she made up. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? And uh, so ten oh. days of that, and then and just bombing. Oh my god! And I said in the blog how I, at one point, I was in like Astoria or something like that, Oregon, and I it was like a Navy town, and like all military dudes i'm just like if you like what i'm doing move to this half of the room if you don't like what i'm doing go to this half of the room and literally people did that they just oh my God. moved on one side it was about even <laughs> and there's one guy who would like straddle the line he would like jump back and forth between liking and disliking the show between each joke <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That's yeah. kind of good. That's actually kind of almost performance art, like you oh, doing that with that. Yeah, with the, dude. I yeah. Mean, yeah, he was on for the game. That's cruise ship. Yeah. That's cruise ship level of amazing entertainment right there. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so sad. And I, yeah, because I just had done uh, Killborn and uh, thought it was hot, hot shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you just did Kilborn, and then, and then right, right, literally right into the fire, driving through a fire. <laughs> right, there was a fire on the way up. We drove like fourteen hours up to Oregon, and then every drive was like five hours in between. See, so you couldn't even lick your wounds. You had to get up like at eight a.m. just to get to the next show, and uh, it was it was rough. And then come back. You're watching deer get killed on the way. Deer hopping in your car <laughs> saying, I don't even want to be here. Right. It was like symbolic. Like this is a sacrifice. <laughs> it's it's funny when they set up the runs that way because it shows how little respect they actually have for us as comedy bookers. Because right. they could be like, you know, if we did the other show at the bowling alley on the Wednesday, out-of-towners could – you know, spend two days in this town, it would right. be a lot easier versus sending them up there and then making them drive. And they're just like, you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> They'll drive. Know, right? They'll, fuck drive <laughs> They'll drive 10 hours in back. every direction. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I had a gig up in Michigan, upper Michigan, like in, uh, where the hell was it? It wasn't, there's Harris, Michigan. And then there's like Sault Ste. Marie. I think it was, I had to drive up there middle of winter and uh, I'm driving back. I went off the road. I spun off the road, sheared mm. off my uh, my rear view, the side view mirror, and uh, the the cops and the sh- sheriff. Co- I, I was able to get out of the out of the ditch, but uh, then I got a, a, a ticket from the town of Swamico, 
because they sent an ambulance. I had to pay like 300 bucks to them because they sent an ambulance that did nothing. And I was just like, what? And that was it. That was the last time I went out for Michigan. That was 2008. (laughs) Never going back. There, yeah, yep, yep, it's it's uh, it's brutal up there. Although it's its you, own territory. You, you definitely in Wisconsin a lot. I told the course story of you just opened for Jim Gaffigan, but a better one, at least for us, was the one when you opened for Paulie Shore that you always tell. Oh where, right, right, right. <laughs> you were good. This was early on. This was like '97. Obviously, yeah. And uh, we should we should have set this president. By the way, Tom Clark's an amazing comedian. Talking about your failures, like this is a failure podcast. I don't want to hear about your success. Go back uh, 24 years, Tom, and tell us when they booed you off a cruise ship. Yes, Uh, I I got a cruise ship one too. But um, this is uh, yeah, this was at a uh, rock club. It was called the Eagles Club in Milwaukee. So they'd get like bands there, like social distortion and like, you know, like it's a rock rock place. It's a rock and roll venue. And uh, I go up before Pauly Shore. And at this time, Pauly Shore's manager is John Bon Jovi's brother. Uh, I I forgot his name, but he's like. Ron Bon Jovi, I hope it would be. Ron Bon Jovi. (laughs) And uh, he's like, uh, so I go up. I'm supposed to do 15 minutes. I get like 75 bucks. And I go up and I and I used to tell used to open with a song called Viva la Gente. I used to sing up with people in Spanish. Um, <laughs> and uh, just bombs. Like nobody right. understands what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm doing. Somebody once asked me, he's like, why do you do that? It's like, I don't know. I just, I just think it's funny <laughs> all right. to sing a yeah, song in say, Spanish. Like, you know, you're going through Andy Kaufman stage, you know, yeah, we all had that for exactly. six months. I'm really gonna really gonna push the envelope. But yeah, wh- right. wh- why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. And then I followed that up with a joke that goes nowhere where I screw right. up the whole joke and I say it's a street joke. And they started booing. That's when they started booing. So I'm like eight minutes in i gotta mm-hmm. do 15 minutes so i was like i'm gonna keep going i then i can't even hear myself that's how loud the booze are like i, I literally can't there's no monitor I, uh, i'm still up there right. nobody's waving me off and i then i sing the potato song which yes. is like my big that always crescendo. kills i love the potato yeah. song by the way it, it did not always kill uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is the one thing if i ever see craig robinson the one thing he, I don't know if he knows my name, but when he sees me, he's like, Potato. That's all he'll say. Like, Do you know my name at all? I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I just ate it. Uh, they're booing. I finished the potato song. Um, yeah, all right. And I finished my 15 minutes. I think I even said at one point, I, like, I got to be up here for 15 minutes so you guys can keep booing me if you want, but I got to do 15 minutes. <laughs> I believe you, you even say in a blog, they got tired of booing you. Right. Like, like, <laughs> they, like, ex- they exhausted themselves of booing. Right, right. It's like you, there's nothing after booing. Like once you right. commit to booing, it's, 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 it is usually like a knockout punch. You usually yeah. like like you, the performer leaves the stage right. usually, and you're not prepared He's for. Still going. Right. <laughs> yeah, he has. He doesn't know what booze means. He's, um, and then I get backstage, and John Bon Jovi's brother is like, "What was that?" And I was like, "Comedy." And, uh, <laughs> and then the next night, I performed with Polly and Appleton at a comedy called The Skyline. And yes. uh, Paulie's doing his set, and he's like, he says, uh, he's like, 
hey, that guy, keep it going for Tom Clark. I think that guy's really funny. They booed him last night in Milwaukee, but I think he's great. And everyone, even that show I did with him that was very lukewarm, but then the audience kind of went nuts. And everyone was like, yeah. oh, man, you were so great. Like, so it just goes to show you it's all it's all an illusion. It's all bullshit. Yeah. yeah. They just have to be told yeah. by someone they know. <laughs> right. That's all. That's all. That, <laughs> yeah, that is true. And that goes from network executives right. to fucking to someone enjoying supper in Appleton. Yeah. If you've been in, yeah, you're in the movie you know? jury duty. You're an authority. On comedy. <laughs> That's amazing. I, yeah, I did want to share that final story, which was uh, going to Montreal, which mm. was my number one bombing story. Um, and that was uh, so I went to Montreal in 2004. For people who don't know, that's like the big festival, like where industry yes. is supposed to discover you, development deals, all that. I went there and uh, I remember they said to me, oh, you can have them play a song when they bring you up. So I'm like, Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire. And <laughs> I, uh, I don't, and, and the, the band did, they're like, yep, got it. And the we, band played it. Oh, oh, no problem, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Just, the man in black, yes, sir. <laughs> Just biff the whole song. Like, no, right. like, just a cacophony of sounds. And I remember walking on stage like, that doesn't sound like Ring of Fire. Um, and then by that time, you're like, everything's like now moving in slow motion. And, uh, you know, that's such a weird audience, the French-Canadian combo okay. audience and why they take us up to Canada to perform when I'm oh, like yeah. in L.A. and everything shot in L.A. So I just I just bombed. And uh, <clears throat> the next day I'm at... Uh, I go to the hotel and where they have all the write-ups and I see Jimmy Pardo. He's like, Hey man, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> screw them. Screw them. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm, I'm like, what happened? I guess before the you know, right. internet or anything. So I like go to the yeah, board and I, look, text. and I see the article about new faces and next to everyone has like 10 to one or 10 to like three. You know, right. some guys got 10, some guys got six, seven, et cetera. I get a bomb, like <laughs> not even a number, just bomb. It shows an image of a bomb. It shows an image of a bomb. And they're like, definitely not Milwaukee's <laughs> finest. Uh, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's horrible. And um, the next day I was walking around as you know, pretty depressed. And I see Mitch Hedberg. And Mitch, I had worked with a couple of years earlier in Milwaukee, and he calls me over. He's like, hey, Tom Clark, good to see you, man. And, like, he's, like, so friendly. Like, and I, this was after, like, he had his toe amputated. Like, he was going through the heroin stuff and all that. Like, uh, so the fact that he came over, and then I remember he was with these Gersh agents who the night before I had met, and they, like, refused to, like, shake my hand. Like, my friend who had mm. done really well introduced me to them they were like mm. they just kind of smiled and you know like turned away and so mitch was like this is tom clark he's really funny and, and <laughs> i shook their hands at that point and uh i was just like and then mitch invited me to a show and i hung out at his show and it was just such a, a sweet moment because it's like everything else didn't matter like if mitch hedberg still remembered me yeah. and likes me and says i'm funny like that meant so much about a year ago, I looked, I sort of Googled this festival and there was an interview with Mitch Hedberg from that year. He's like, and they asked him about 
the new faces. And he's like, they're giving new faces people, you know, bombs in their reviews. These, these dudes are going to kill themselves. He's like, that's too much pressure, man. Like, oh, my God. He thought I was going to kill myself. Like, that's funny. So it's like full circle. Like, I really, oh, that's like, so know, fucking funny. 20 years later, I find that out. That's so funny. I remember, you, I remember you actually wrote in the, in the blog like the fact that they actually got that bomb like char- character. They had to call in like an artist to do this drawing. They easily could have put a number up. An illustrator, had to, yeah. Right, <laughs> clear that thing. Yeah. And that's they amazing. Designed a bomb. Like, let's let this bastard have it. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that was brutal. I thought my number. I thought like that's. Remember, like me, a couple of comedy sports or Comedy Central executives, like after my set, they're like, they like hugged me, and then like, that felt like like the end of like Goodfellas, where he gets like the kiss on the cheek, and they know he's gonna get murdered. Uh, <laughs> I just felt like, oh, that's it. Like they're they're done with Hollywood. Is done with me. But but I was lucky because yeah. my agent at the time was still like, you know, hey, whatever. It's like we're still going to work with you. We're still going to do stuff. So I was I was very lucky in that respect. But uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Turns out they also thought you were going to kill yourself, so they had to. But that was just a business. Yeah, some truth to that. Yeah. Now, Tom, before I, and there's a couple other stories I want to get to. Um, that I was just reading your other stuff about your auditions and that, and even that one that I got to talk about the course. But, but real quick though, before that, you said before we even got on there, you have a beef with me. You wanted to bring up. Oh, a beef. That's beef right. Show. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I it was probably when we first met. It was probably sort of you were starting out. Probably ninety nine or two thousand. You were uh-huh. helping out with the Chicago Comedy Festival. I think you were sort of driving the van and getting the comics to different places. Do you remember that? Okay. Okay. Uh, sure. And, I don't know uh, if I was officially helping, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I did that to get a badge, like to get in places and stuff, and just like, you know, I'll pick, just drive drive a parked van to pick people up. <laughs> You're not even part of it. Just no, hanging out with Sarah Silverman. Uh, but that comedy fest you're talking about was amazing. That was like the last year it went, that Chicago Comedy Fest, because that's, that's when uh, St. Pauli Girl or uh, whatever name, still like, like sponsored it. And it was great with tons of huge names. That's when Tony Clifton did his thing, right? And like, yeah, yeah. Like a, um, it was huge. And then it just went away. Yeah. And, and yeah, Dan Carlson ran it. He did such a great right. job. Um, but yeah, so I was, uh, so, we, so you drove me to the Vic Theater. So we could watch okay. Don Rickles. Yes, that's what I do remember. And I now, what, what you're about to say, I don't remember, but I remember this happening. <laughs> so we were watching. I think we're sitting up in the balcony, like VIP booth. Like it's pretty cool. Uh, and then, yeah. like, 20 minutes in, you're like, "Hey, let's get going. Let's get out of here." Like, and it felt like <laughs> if I don't go with these guys, I'm going to seem uncool because they seem like they're over it. And I just left with you. And I just thought to myself, like, Don Rickle, like a legend. And I'm walking right. out of this show. And uh, yeah, you can, you, we got the gist of this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I will grant you, it was a lot of, a lot more singing than I expected. <laughs> Not a lot of roasting. Hey, a lot of singing. You still dance. He does those leg kicks. I've, now, this is, I've also, I've seen Rickles like, like, not 10 times, but close to 10 times. Oh, wow. And so it's kind of like... Uh, you know how many times I've seen him? Zero. 20 minutes? 20 <laughs> yeah, minutes of it? 20 minutes. Were, 
<laughs> I love you. Like, yeah, I've seen him 10 times. <laughs> ah, you'll catch him next time around, Tom. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, and Mitch, and Mitch Hedberg, too. When he comes back in town, you can ask him about the... <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. I apologize for that, for being too cool for that. But uh, yeah, I think I'm probably like, yeah, we saw Brian Posen open up for him. That's all we needed to see. <laughs> right. You're like, there's free amps to light at the hotel. Let's go. Exactly. That's probably what I was doing, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, God damn it. So I I can talk about these things. Your, your, your stories about these gigs and towns are are just amazing and uh the audition one you was your most recent one even though you had the, what was the one gig you, you did talk about the day after saint patrick's day at a college like at 10 a.m after oh a right 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 band. <laughs> yes it was like uh yeah a day after saint patty's day and i'm there and it's like steve byrne daniel tosh bill bill burr who's going by billy burr at this right. point it's in utica new york uh <laughs> I have to go up after an acapella band just saying, um, do, 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 third eye blind. Yeah, third eye blind. Um, and, sure. Oh my God. And I'm just, I go up and, uh, and I just bomb and everyone's just head down. It's 10 a.m. day after St. Patty's day. And I just bomb. And, mm. uh, and I remember, Steve Byrne came up and he's like, dude, that was hilarious. And it's like, that's not going to get me any conscious. Like, I remember no, it, it was like being the ugly kid at the prom. Like nobody yeah. came to my booth. I'm just sitting there by myself eating the, you know, the candy I leave out. Uh, nobody wants to talk to me. It was, that was brutal. That was. Uh, yeah, I think that's what we're trying to get. What people don't understand, we get across is the is the loneliness feeling like after a bomb, especially around like other comics when no one just wants to look at you in the face, you know. And they're like, they say, "Oh man, it wasn't that." And they try to get you to just don't say anything. I know what it yeah. is. Just let, let it, just let it go away, you know. <laughs> I had one in Dubuque where uh, I went. It was called the Brass Ring in Dubuque, Iowa. Mm -hmm. uh, funny business, I think booked it, and I went up. I opened. I had to do a half an hour just. Again, just bomb, potato song, yeah. Viva La Gente, the whole bit. And uh, after the show, this girl's like, um, she's like, that first guy wasn't very funny. And she's talking to me. I'm the first guy. I love when they do that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, right. he was terrible. Like, well, I was like, what was that, that potato song? She's like, I don't know, it's so stupid. And then her friend finally comes up. She's like, what are you guys talking? She's like, here's what we're talking about. She's like, he's the guy. And she's like, ah. <laughs> and then she like looks at me and she's like, yeah, you weren't very good. Uh, yeah, like, that doesn't uh, affect them at all. There's no embarrassment right, there. Yeah. Right, right. They say, oh, good. So now I know who to talk to about this. <laughs> right. You. Uh, but then I felt like, all right, well, you're pretty drunk. You didn't even realize right. it was me up there. So um, take it yeah, your art is definitely keep lost, going. lost upon the drunks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it is that Andy Kaufman phase that we all go through, and I think mine lasted a little longer than others. So, <laughs> well, that potato song lives <laughs> online, lives on forever. And uh, you talked to a great story. And I think about how Lewis Black um, brought it to HBO for you, even though oh, it right. well. And you, that's an amazing story too. Where you go, how'd it go? And he goes, well, I laughed. <laughs> I just picture them all sitting around watching it. And they're just like, why did you bring this at Lewis? Uh, yeah, Lewis was a big fan of mine early on. He's just like, uh, that guy is like, I like slam his dick into a door and 
just for, to get a laugh. Like he just doesn't give a shit. He just was so like blown away by me, and, and uh, yeah, HBO was not blown away by me. Um, <laughs> but I have been on two HBO shows since then, so I uh, I have been on Euphoria. You were just on one recently, weren't it? Weren't you? You just you had recently had it. You were on Euphoria. Very scandalous appearance on Euphoria. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> I, uh, the uh, has, has all the, right, uh, kids. Let's let's wrap this up. You come <laughs> in and you... <laughs> I, yeah, that was basically the gist of it. But it is the episode with the most penises ever on a show. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Not, not mine. <laughs> Congratulations. That's something. I mean, anything, anything for credit. You know? Right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, start, I did uh, Party Down. I did an episode of Party Down playing. Oh, That's yes. Right. Yeah. And alt-right uh, racist. You're on the new. Oh, nice. The new Party Down, I take it. The new the Party new, Down, re, yeah. The rebooted. What, what episode is that? Tell everyone that one. I think it's episode three. It's about the, uh, it's like a right wing group that they uh, have to cater for. Yeah, Ron. Ron was so desperate for a gig that he gets this right wing. So Nick That's Offerman's awesome. in it. My part's very brief, but uh, I was still proud sure. to be part of it. That show's amazing. You got a nice. part of it. You got paid as you tell, gave advice to everyone also on your blog. Going on in your second. Everyone go to Tom Clark's website, by the way. First of all, tell everyone about everything you got for your. Uh, your podcast, your shows, your special, everything. Yeah, we have our podcast, the I'm a Rescue podcast. Um, I do have a couple specials out. One's called uh, Outraged, which is on Amazon. And the That's other great. one's I'm a Rescue through uh, Dry Bar Comedy. Mm-hmm. That's a clean one for all the... Oh, your Christian. Which is the one that has the which is the one that has the beach ball going through the crowd? To be oh, that's uh, that's outrage. That's my. That's uh, a, fucking the, hilarious. The first five minutes or the first ten minutes is all like bits. Like I was just gonna say, I don't think you've you've gone past this Andy Kaufman stage. You keep talking. That's about. true. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, those are all they're they're great absurdist bits, but they're, yeah. hilarious, they're hilarious. I have a, you know? yeah. I kick a guy out because I was like, hey guys, no cell phones, like nothing. He's like, sir, like I notice you have a beach ball over here. Like, he's like, yeah, in case we got bored. <laughs> Or something. I was right. like, yeah, you're not yeah. gonna get bored. Uh, my friend <laughs> Dave so Tooney did that. It was yeah, it was very funny. And then uh, I kick a guy out because we're over capacity. So uh, yeah. I just have a guy. Out. I, have a, I have a kid come out with like a camera strapped to his head, and uh, he he's like my uh, instead of like a dolly camp, he like just runs right. around. He's and got films a GoPro. The so uh, <laughs> right, right, a GoPro on his head. So yeah, there's a lot of silly stuff like that. Which of it's course, great. All, all I've watched it. I've watched it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, it's thanks, on, man. It's on Amazon. Yeah. It's yeah, on yeah, Amazon. Sure. You can. Yeah. It's it. it's. It's great. Our listeners should totally check that out. It, uh, explain what your podcast is, please, Tom, the Rescue Podcast. Well, we think that, you know, everyone says their dogs are rescue. We think, you know, people are also rescues. So everyone has their story of things they've had to overcome uh, in their lives, not to get too uh, deep here. But uh, mm-hmm. so we just wanted to interview people that have kind of overcome stuff in their lives. So, I mean, it's, it's funny. It's still funny, but it's like we interviewed the JetBlue flight attendant who uh, remember the guy who yelled at the, everyone on the plane and then uh, opened the uh, slide. The guy who slid, slid down. down the the, the I've been wanting to like yeah, meet the, that guy forever. Yeah. Yeah. And he quit and that's he how he quit. quit. He yeah. had a six pack of beer. He slides down and he's drinking wow. a six pack on the JFK runway. Uh, walks, leaves his house, leaves. This is right after nine 11. It's like, Oh two. And, uh, he goes home, passes out in his bed, and uh, 
the FBI, like, you know, like SWAT shows up at his house, breaks into <laughs> his course. house. And they're just like, you're like, you walked on a runway with beer and walked off a flight. And like, and it just was like, how, like, this is JFK, like New York, where it all yeah. happened. And it's like, and this guy, this, this flamboyant gay dude just, <laughs> just did his thing. And, so uh, funny. yeah. So he's, uh, Steven Slater is his name. And he's, uh, he was very nice. And he, and it, he kind of talks about just what he went through because he was kind of like this famous figure and we kind of just talk about his life since then and just like sort of we have these internet legends right and these people that go viral and sort of what happens to him afterwards and it's and it's a little tragic you know he was in he was in recovery uh he obviously had some issues with alcohol and drugs um and he just how he overcame it he's a great storyteller uh you know, just told the story of, of his life since then. He lost his house. He lost so much. Like his teenage son took his house from him. Like somehow Jesus. made him sign papers Jesus. and he lost his house. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's, uh, it's insane because when the internet, interesting. Yeah, it is insane because the internet because they're they're done with them. You know, it's like biodegradable. Like they spit it up, like chew it up, and like they no one cares about what happens to them. You know. Right. You're right. That's why. <laughs> It's like everything with like TikTok and all these things. You get a video that gets a million views or whatever, and it's like, all right, what else you got? What else? I mean, it's so much and quicker it's, now. It's go ahead. Exactly. It's it's so quick and it's so ephemeral that you you can't even parlay it into a career. Like you can't be like, I'm the bagel guy who uh, had a temper <laughs> know, tantrum, right? you know, and people yeah. are gonna pay to see me. Like it's just, it just <laughs> right. we've forgotten about you complete. It's almost like amnesic. Like we have no recollection of ever even enjoying you. <laughs> it, it is funny. I saw some video that was some woman like, "All right, guys, here's two year anniversary of this lip syncing that put me on the map. Like put you on the map. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> right. I've never seen you before <laughs> in my <laughs> life. Right. You know. And it showed up. Oh yeah, I remember that video. What's that video? That's me. Oh okay. Yeah. Great. Anyway, that was it was years I ago. I didn't get a chance to do this, but I interviewed or I did, I got to meet Paul Mokeski. I don't know if you remember uh, Paul Mokeski. Who's that? Played for the Bucks in the eighties, the mid eighties. A big, big seven footer, uh, mustache, like a perm. Yeah, uh, just like a very unique player. But but he was a guy who played in the eighties. One of my like idols growing up because sure. I thought he was such a you know just a gritty player. Charles Barkley once tried to knock him out. He just took a swing at him. Um, <laughs> but he, I was in Vegas. He lives in Vegas now. We hung out and you know it is funny because it is like he was very open. Like yeah, I'll come out and we like hung out after and just talked about the Bucks and the eighties and all that stuff and. Uh, um, but it's just funny, you know, it's like he's he's a legend to me, but now he's just sort of like a guy. Right. And he played in the NBA for, you know, 11 years. And for the just, 80s Bucks, too. I love those 80s Bucks. They oh, were yeah. Great. Um, but, yeah, I just think it is interesting. I, I just sort of like that's sort of one thing during the pandemic is I just sort of realized, like, what really matters and, and, and to really just enjoy what you're doing now as opposed to, like, what you want to achieve and goals and all that. Yeah. It's like, just enjoy what you're doing now because Love it. it's fleeting. Well, we enjoyed you, Tom. We enjoyed you being on the show. No, you're Thank the best. you for joining us in the Blackout Tires. We could keep going forever, but we can't. All right. Uh, um, we'll let you go. So yeah, and our listeners uh, need to check out your podcast. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And check oh, out the website and special and everything. Yeah, TomClark.com for everything. And we should have mentioned Steph, by the way. You do you do your podcast with Steph, your wife, right? Yeah, Steph and I, and we, we tour around together. Steph and I do a, a bunch of comedy shows together. And 
uh, she's great. She's such a talented. Yeah, she's the best. Person. And make sure you tell her I'm the one that brought her up too, not you. Just make sure <laughs> I want to get a point for it. <laughs> Fair enough, CJ. You've but I still hold it. All right, buddy. Thank you so much, Tom, for joining us. All right, thank you guys. Bye bye. Thank you, man. Later. All right, we're back here in the Blackout Diaries with that was incredible. Tom Clark with just legendary. I mean, he's he, the best. We had to cut it off. That was one of the longest interviews we've done. But like, I mean, he can go on forever. He's got, he's got like, I was just oh, yeah. some of his books. He's got like ten other stories. They're just incredible. <laughs> of awkward auditions and gigs and bombs and things. There was, <laughs> he would, especially now that he's in L.A. He's got a lot. L.A. has creeps the line between is this audition legitimate, you know, or is this yeah. like is this an actual company, you know, like agency? Is this a crime scene? Right. Is this a crime scene? He's got one he tells where it's like. It was just a guy. It was in the downtown LA years ago. Not that downtown's great now, but it was definitely not great twenty years ago. <laughs> and like uh, it was a shady building. <laughs> and like uh, it's like <laughs> he said he kept going. There. It just said wrestling auditions, and it was like a piece of paper, Xerox on doors, <laughs> pointing down a hallway. Wrestling auditions this way. Wrestling auditions this way. And like, what's going on here? And uh, he finally goes into a room. It's just some old guy sitting on a chair, middle-aged guy. And he's like, there's wrestling mats all around. He's like, is this a commercial audition? Oh, no, I'm just doing this thing on uh, wrestling, uh, uh, you know, uh, helps your life and your spiritual. I'm doing a documentary about it. Anyway, you want to wrestle? We can wrestle a little bit. That's all he, that's all he says when he walks in. He goes, want to wrestle? He goes, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to be doing this. <laughs> Do you want to wrestle with no cameras? That <laughs> was an old guy. <laughs> oh, man. So, that would be a great thing to just bring up, like, w- when you have, like, too pregnant of a pause at a bar, you know? <laughs> you just, you just <laughs> you want to wrestle, wrestle <laughs> to people? Yeah. Wrestle for it. <laughs> That's always the thing. <laughs> so you get those things. In, but we're talking about road gigs, obviously, mm-hmm. with the, how the, they, those two paths cross. And, um, we just had Aaron Foster on the show recently, who was who's uh, did. the one of the fathers of all of our terrible road gigs back in Chicago. Mm-hmm. God bless him. He's one of those yeah. bookers that we like though. We love having him because he's so fun, <clears throat> you know, randomly yeah. on uh, funny. But he has he had a lot of tech. You were talking about in the top of the show how these bookers now have to be more transparent. They're just like, okay, yes. you can't just be like, what are you doing Wednesday? You know, what are you doing yeah. April eighteenth? And that's what he would say to me <laughs> or you, whoever. Like, what are you doing June 2nd? Like, oh, I don't know, nothing. I don't think I have anything going on. Next thing you know, on Facebook, yeah. you're on one of his posters, and he would do, like, one of those. Uh, uh, his, his comedy <laughs> posters were hilarious. It was always, like, some, you know, like, one of those uh, juvenile rap albums, like this, like the New Orleans rap scene where it was, it's all diamonds, yeah. you know, like, bling, bling, like, diamonds yeah. in a car and, and like, in like uh, hubcaps, and then your my face in the middle, of, like, my, my face and five black comics with diamonds around <laughs> my face. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like. I, you said you were in. I'm like, I said I didn't know yeah. what I was doing four months ago. I now. thought it was a barbecue I was yeah. agreeing to. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it'll be a barbecue, um, too. <laughs> he got me to do, and it, it's you You end up having so much fun with Foster, you don't even right. get mad. But he he tricked me into doing one that was at an insane asylum. I'm like, I don't know if you still call them insane asylums. Like, I, you know, I don't know what <laughs> they, they, the politically they call, correct. They, they call them prisons now, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was all these people who had chronic and lifelong uh, mental illnesses. They, they were all 
fine, but they have like nothing in common with me. These are people who have never driven a car, they've never voted, like they've never um, really lived an adult. This is uh, one life. flew over to cuckoo's nest style. Exactly, and um, so uh, he he sends me a text like that, like, "What are you doing on this date?" I'm like, uh. "Nothing. Great. Keep it available." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right." I'm not going to even ask any follow-up questions. I, I, you know, I, I want to get the full Aaron Foster experience. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, like, two more weeks later, he's like, it's a show, by the way. I'm like, all right, assume so. Uh, where is it? And then he just gives me an address. Like, not a venue. You know, normally right. we're told the venue, you know, sure. and it's just an address. Name, and anything. Yeah. It's a, it's a street address in Evanston. And I look it up on Street View, and I'm like, this just looks like a really old, gray, like, mansion. But I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> On a hill? Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I get another text, like, the day before, and um, he's like, need you to, you have to bring photo ID to get into the building, okay. and you can't have any weapons. <laughs> nothing sharp. <laughs> nothing metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, don't wear a belt. Right. Um, <laughs> no aluminum foil. That yeah, and then them. that's when I realize when I get there, I realize it's it's a mental hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember this like every time the crowd got like a little unruly, like nobody laughed at anything. They didn't understand right. any of my jokes. Not not. I mean, these are people who aren't allowed to drink. They're not like like anything I'm talking about. They don't have kids. Like everything I'm talking are about. They're regular clothes. They're straight jackets. Are they eating pudding? What's going on? Th- they all well. So the pudding thing is hilarious. That you bring that up. Like every time they got like a little unruly, where they didn't really want to sit through this, so they had to sit through this. It was it was it, the the show was called Thank God for Obama, and it was right after Obama had won. Okay. And um, they had to sit through this comedy show in order to earn their pudding. Earn your pudding, Pink Floyd style. So whenever they would get restless and start walking around and leave, there would be like this uh, staff that would be like, John, John, I do want to remind you, if you can't sit quietly, you will lose pudding. <laughs> you don't eat your meat, you can't have your pudding. So they would just keep saying that. Like, through, like I could only get one joke in, usually edgewise, and then there'd be a pudding announcement. And then I'd do a joke, and then there'd be another pudding announcement. <laughs> or then there'd be a question about when are we having pudding. Yeah, then, there's, then there's pudding Q&A. Then there's pudding. Then there's the, of course, the inevitable pudding chance. It, it's like when you're when you're opening up for like a really r- r- rowdy crowd that's just there for a famous headliner, and yeah. they're like, "We want Bill Burr, or, or we want band. you know Chappelle, or whoever it is." It was like that, but pudding right. is the famous but headliner pudding. that they yeah, want. Pudding you was know? the band playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but fa- I mean, we we sign up for it because it's so hilarious. The right. Foster experience. You sound, def- I remember you telling amazing. me a story. You got back from a show that was like I think on the Illinois Iowa border uh, that you it was did way with Foster. Out there and I remember in Illinois, loving that story. Right, and uh, right out there in Illinois in the Boondocks, you would always have Boondock shows, you know, and like they like said, like yeah. these flyers and like the funny thing about this is those shows, like, and they would all dress, they would dress in a club, but you'd pack into his car, so like four, five, four or five of us, and wearing like yeah. you know, his comics wearing silk shirts and all tight end, you know, and you're driving yeah. your dress shoes and you're driving out there, but yeah, it was way out there in Illinois. Um, it was he, yeah. He was promising big things like we're coming in from the city, you know. Uh, it was like a theater too that he booked. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like, I, I remember uh, you or Aaron was telling me about it before you had it out there, and I, I think it was like like three hundred to five hundred seat capacity. Like, it was a sure. big place, and uh, I'll definitely say that was Aaron telling you about it, not me. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't not that I wasn't uh, you know dismissing it. I was excited for it, but I wasn't. I did have I did have Foster um, history where I, you had some, yeah you know where I, doubts 
Yeah, not dash. But I mean, not not to get too excited, not to put the cart before the horse, you know, with him. Gotcha. With him. Mm-hmm. But we go out there, and so we go out there, and we, um, and it's like Field of Dreams when it gets out there, where it's just the one road going in there, like in the cornfield, mm-hmm. and you, where you, and but you saw these huge spotlights like going around. And like what the fuck? Like, oh yeah. That's us. Yeah, Aaron's like, that's us. Aaron that's, was, us. <laughs> that, that's us. So uh, he was talking about the payment of the show. And he, I guess he blew all the money on these spotlights. He's like, but <laughs> I can't get you paid, but the spotlight is going to draw everyone in, and then we're going to then we're going to split the door. You know, so it's, it's an investment, right? So you, you got to spend money to make money. It's exactly what it was. So he got all the money they gave him. He bought it all in the renting spotlights for this <laughs> town. Like, old fashioned. 21st century Fox floodlights. Yeah, Dunk, floodlights, na, 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 na. exactly. Yeah. Batman signal style. You could fucking, yeah. just, you know, <laughs> take, down, take down jets with them. So they're going there. They're, they're, there's, you know, there's a truck and a generator. Getting, it, it took out half the main street of this little tiny town. It's just <laughs> literally one of these Pleasantville small towns, you know. And so yeah. and they had a, it looked like a night construction job was going on. But so so oh, it's in front of the theater. There's a truck there, a generator. It looks like they were digging in there in these fucking floodlights. And, and like, there's not a building in that town more than three stories. Like, the bank is the biggest building. Mm-hmm. The bank's always the biggest building there. And this yeah. floodlight's just shooting straight into the air. And... Uh, <laughs> It lasted about 20 minutes as soon as we got there because it broke, apparently, it broke a lot of FAA regulations. There's lots of kind of small town. There was like an airport nearby. There's small town airports. There's small town airports all right by there. Crop dusters, farm planes, everything, you know. So the cops came down. They shut it down. They didn't didn't billy club smash it, but they definitely plugged it. (laughs) They definitely unplugged it. And Foster's like (laughs) trying to tell these cops this is what we need to get the people to come to the show. They're like, what? You know, then they got small town cops. What's going on? here a comedy show never heard you know? <laughs> so now we got that dude give us a joke or something like that you know so all right so now there's already a bustle going on and uh and a lot of the, lot of the plans foiling and foster's like this isn't going to go well we got to switch things up like because things are going bad things are going bad now people are restless um mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on the poster as the headliner, blah blah blah. But then he uh, he made his switch up. Then he goes, "You're gonna go, you're gonna go first." I'm like, "How am I gonna go first? Because well, <laughs> our our host, I was gonna have Colin host, but I don't I don't think he can handle it. He, Colin is a Colin is a, uh, great comic, but he has one hand that's got um, what is he has missing it's fingers like b- or something? Born half the size of the other hand. Yeah, yeah. something like that. I mean, he's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kind of like Jim Abbott. Something he can handle. He's been living with his whole mm-hmm. life. But Foster yeah. <laughs> thinks it's <laughs> night up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Colin's day job is a bartender. I, I mean, mean, can you think of any other job where, you, right. where you're not, yeah. you're using your hands constantly. Like, he's he's completely capable of doing this, Foster. Jim Abbott threw a no-hitter with one arm, okay? He, you know, like, they'll adapt. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 he knows how to yeah. handle this thing. But Foster doesn't think the exchange or the mic's going to work well, the claws, it's <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. In Foster's defense, he would, he, he would lead, Colin would lead with it, like, with the shake hands and stuff, just to put you on the defensive, mm-hmm. you know, and he kind of, like, scratched yeah. you up. Which I thought was part of his joke, which I thought was funny too. So sure. he made me host, and then like that was the thing around. And I think he, I think he even announced why he wanted to switch it up, like to the crowd, like Foster has like no filter, like because I know you guys he expect because yeah. you expected him on the poster, but because of the host and the microphone, we're gonna hey, hey, hey that just means yeah. you're getting more CJ, like you know, like he starts yeah. doing it like that. But he actually explained it why because of Colin's hand. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, the show is a disaster. I'm not, I'm not even sure if we got through it all because because then became because then at that point the cops just made like they started throwing like curfews on there like uh, they're just making up ordinances for like for us because they couldn't believe that we came out red. like where'd you even get this floodlight like they had to bring it in from fucking <laughs> like what company has this for it like ah we had to call up to you know Davenport or something like you had to fly you know it, it, I remember it came in from Iowa or something I don't know why they had it either. <laughs> <laughs> like, what nightclub openings are happening? I don't even understand what's going on here. It's only for Batman. And so then, oh, and, that, and as, as Tom said, and then you have to get in the car and drive three hours, four or five hours back and do that whole story. But like you said, it's why we do it because at least we got a story with it, with Foster at least. It's hilarious. But, he, I did a, a show with Aaron, real, just one last Aaron no, story do it. Uh, I know. that was packed. Uh, this was in Berwyn. Okay. And I'm like, all right, yeah, great. It, he booked me the way he always does. What are you doing on this date? No details. Mm-hmm. As we get closer, he gives me a venue name. And he, he sends me a web... The This is the website for the show. And it was like a really weird uh, website that like sort of looked like it was a newspaper about stand-up comedy that I had never heard of, okay. but somehow all its articles were about this one show. Like, this yeah. is the only, like, it was a stand-up comedy newspaper that felt this is the only show you need to see. And it was like a domain, like, uh, seethisstandup.com or something uh-huh. like that. And I'm like, I get there and the show's absolutely packed. I'm like, oh, man, this is, all right, you yeah, know, congratulations, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, you know, do you mind my asking how, you know, how you did? He's like, oh, I, you know, I got a special system, so you, you know that website. <laughs> Yeah. So he bought like this illegal, like Israeli tech that can send, um, it can send text messages uh, through, I think it was able to do it through like Bluetooth or something yeah. to any phone that gets like within 20 yards. No, yeah. It can send a canned, a canned message to any phone. Yeah. And then he, he taped them under the Kennedy Expressway, which gets like three million cars a day. Right. <laughs> and it's just sending this website about I mean, this newspaper that only does this show. And I'm like, this is brilliant. I'm like, if they ever catch you, it's probably, I mean, it's a federal crime. I mean, like you're, you're, you're violating, you've, you've gotten in trouble with the FAA at your last show and now it's the FCC because you're violating radio waves now. Oh my God. I mean, I don't want to, I'm hesitant to even say this on here, but I have a theory that he caused this terrible bus massacre in Canada <laughs> with this technique. <laughs> I was in Edmonton doing shows, and he was there. He was, I don't know what, he, he was on some crazy one-nighter foster mm-hmm. tour himself with a phone yeah. and he And he, he was telling me about this, and he would, like, stand on, over a highway, like, overpass, and he'd jam. Yeah. And, he'd just and every car that's going by is getting right. a notification about and, his comedy show. Yeah, and it jams your phone and automatically sends this link to the show. <laughs> and, like, that... It, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, well, it was a sad story. Then that day, there was like this horrible bus uh, accident with a hockey team in it, you know, from up in that town. <laughs> the driver might have been like, what the hell is this? And I, think was, <laughs> I think there was text talking how the driver was distracted on his phone. And I think it might have been the last thing they all saw was Aaron Foster. <laughs> I mean, it, the day, I'm saying, I joke when I say it, the, the, the timelines don't measure, match up. But. That would be an amazing thing for everyone to see Foster's flyers or last thing as a bus careens off the road. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. That was, a fe- that was a federal offense what he was doing. 
the um, it I mean it's amazing it you know I the other thing I thought of while you were just talking about buses you know because one of the terrible like road gigs that a lot of comics did remember when a lot of comics were traveling with Megabus yeah for sure uh, a few years ago and they all like what I loved about Megabus is they had hilarious stories because Megabus didn't make any sense. Like one seat would be like two dollars, another one would be eighty dollars. Yeah, it was like it was a combination you know? of Greyhound and like roulette. It's like like you order a crap yeah. cake. Like you could be and, and like you, you go cross country, you get out for four dollars, or if you're stuck last, you have to pay for everybody. Like what? what the hell yeah, is going? Like, what? it's like they combined the worst elements of Greyhound with the worst elements of Spirit Airlines or something <laughs> like that. And it was like like right. But I don't know if you remember McGannon's story. I don't even know if he was doing a gig or just. But he's going back to to Cleveland, right? And he gets on a mega bus and uh, the bus like on a bridge almost careens off and uh the bus driver like everyone screams the bus driver goes yells like it's their fault he goes god damn it somebody get up here and talk to me i'm falling asleep up here (laughs) and they had to take shifts talking to this guy but the the guy was crazy the driver was crazy yeah so at one point some dude in a turban it's like his shift to talk to this guy right but it turns out the bus driver's like a racist and they get in like a political argument and now like the bus again almost careens off because like they're fighting each other and McGannon's like, oh, well, I gotta go now. I gotta go break up this fight and talk right. to this guy. And talk know? to this guy. Right, when I said talk to me, I don't want to get me worked up. Talk to me calmly, at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, like the ways uh, we get ourselves. Uh, and it's, to and these that's how I mean, they, they, they definitely toned it down now. The hours of truck drive because because they don't. They wouldn't care what those bus drivers drove, like 18, 24-hour shifts, you know, with these delivery oh, yeah, trucks. Yeah. Truck drivers even now, like, well, they, they try to get them down, like, to 10 hours, but even if they have to go past them just to make money. But, like, when you get fucking weary like that, like, on the road, like, that, some of the closest I've ever come to death were, like, those overnight uh, road trips. I remember oh, one, yeah. One time um, we drove to – couple me and a couple guys, we drove down in college to Panama City spring break, so we didn't have anything – Spring break, but everyone else went and we didn't go. So then we're like, ah, fuck it. Let's just, let's just like crash on them or something. It was like a spontaneous, no. Last minute. Last uh, minute. Yeah. No information. Well, I don't think we knew the motel name. Like my buddy's brother was down there. No check of the weather. Right. Nothing. No, yeah, just nothing. hit the road. Just call 401, yeah. get the directions. We hit the road. Yeah. Literally with no contact of anything. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we wound up just finding him at a bar or something. That, but that's not the point. The point of us, <laughs> we're driving, we're driving, we're doing all, and we're all doing like these shifts, these long shifts. And one guy, Britton, who's a now he's a Secret Service guy. His one shift he did is like, I'm gonna do Alabama, and that's it. He was like a Southern guy, like I'm just doing Alabama. We got to, we stopped at the top of the border of Alabama at a rest stop, and there was bad weather coming. And we're like, oh man, is it gonna be all right here? And like the people there, it was it was like deliverance. Like, oh yeah, you'll be fine, you know. Like you, Northern College boys will be fine. They sent us into a live tornado, and I mean like a live tornado, like <laughs> like Twister. It was within like a hundred yards. Every we we're driving, and it was parallel to us. Like it was like it was like riding, like it was drag racing us. Every single car <laughs> as we're driving through the state of Alabama, um, which was like three and a half, four hours, um. Every car is going the other way. Everyone's turning around, coming back. No one is going our direction. I I do love doing that, though. I love when right. you are going against the grain of yeah. a society's decision on safety. Exactly. You know, and you're the only one. 
like, it started casually, <laughs> and then it was then people were making huge turns. Like, this isn't good. <laughs> Go uh, do you remember the time, uh, real quickly, that I, I want you to continue the story? But uh, where Kinane, a uh, clinger, almost got Kinane. Yes. Um, on killed on a boat, but mm-hmm. he, he he did the exact same thing on boats. All the boats are coming in. They're going out into bad weather, <laughs> right. and Kanane is like, why are they all coming in? And, and Klinger just goes, their shift ended. <laughs> <laughs> he believes it and nearly dies. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's what Klinger would do. He likes to he likes to take you people on near death adventures to make he does. <laughs> and we did it. And luck and Britain didn't say one word, but he had a spit cup clutched to his chest and his one death grip on the wheel. We called him the Widowmaker, and he just split the line. And just like, dialed in. Yeah, he yeah. was dialed in, code red, and we were like, yeah. just, we were fixated on this on this. Uh, Tornado. Tornado. Where, yeah, it's like we, it's like you know, when you almost that get, thing turns, you're done, dude. So you almost get in an accident. And you have that like that real quick like scared feeling of like oh god, mm-hmm. almost something bad almost happened there. We had that for three consecutive hours. It's like it's <laughs> your like body that, thinks right. it's dying for three yeah, hours. Almost dying for yeah. three straight hours, and he was. Never I affected. would imagine. And you guys were like college age at this yes, point in time. Age, for sure. I would imagine when you finally got there and survived the drinking you unleashed. <laughs> After that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> arrival and that working, and we like, would be like it's its own tornado, you know. All right, we were a tornado when we kind of like so we found it with no information. We kicked down our motel door, you know, kind of like the storm coming, kind of like that Atlantic City thing, you know. We brought the storm with us, and we did. We were just like throwing people out of bed. You don't know what the hell we went through. Like, why are you here? <laughs> what the hell we went through? That we put right. ourselves through. Exactly. You don't know what the hell we put ourselves right. through. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, we probably have to end. I was going to, uh, that kind of reminded me of Brian Petrovka. Speaking of terrible well, road trips, remember our, Atla- yeah, our, our, our no, Atlantic City? Up with that. That's fine. Our, our Atlantic City road trip had one of the greatest entrances of our lives. Now, yes. this was told to us by our dear friend Mark Geary, who uh, owns the Lincoln Lodge, where our yeah. live show happens. And Mark Geary uh, came with us on this road trip. We spent one night in Atlantic City, like all. Like what Tom was saying, it didn't make any sense. Like we flew into one city, we would oh. drive to another, we'd take a train back. Like the itinerary None made, it made no sense. sense. We flew into Philly, like rented a car to drive to Lincoln City, drove back there to head up to New York. Like it was the worst way to do the most like close together tri-state area possible. Like this tight points. Like we we made a ninety-mile radius, a twelve-hour road trip somehow. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's going to gamble in Atlantic yeah. City, and kind of, and the whole time Petrovka is just telling us, "Do not let me gamble more than three hundred dollars, or my yeah. life will be over." And we're like, you know, got it, sure. You know, like he's impossible to manage at any level, but yeah. you know, we're like, sure. He he somehow gets lost. Gear. This is how Geary, who's bunking with uh, Petrovka, it's like four in the morning. There's a terrible storm, like almost like a hurricane. Right. Petrovka kicks open the door, no shirt on, drenched wet, <laughs> and he just goes, "Give me two hundred dollars so I can buy a gun and shoot myself in the fucking head." <laughs> That's how he enters. Our other friend Sean Cole. Like, left the casino for a little bit, and then when he was coming back, he saw Petrovka getting thrown out. Yeah. Petrovka has no shirt on and is walking backwards through the exit with double birds going up and down to security. 
All right, let me run and get you that gun then. <laughs> I do remember that. I thought, well, that was such a wild fucking weekend. And it was. It was like lightning storm. But like sometimes like, the storm would like only storm over him. You know, it would miss other people. Yeah. Like, it depends on how your day was going. It was like a Charlie Brown character yeah, or something exactly. like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, that's going to do it for today's Blackout Diaries. Besides the live show at the Lincoln Lodge every Friday night with Mark Geary running the switchboard like the Lily Tomlin operator from Laughing. <laughs> um, that's a good reference for you young kids. Uh, <laughs> what else you got going on there, Sean? The only other thing I got going on is the book, Places I Can't Return To. Uh, mm-hmm. If you haven't found your copy yet, buy it online, or you can even read it for free at my website, SeanBearFlannery.com. Perfect. All right. And you can get to see my other sh- listen to my other show, Bottom Line Bombs, on the Sports Game Podcast, like the man in the box. Um, other than that, just follow us uh, on all the socials, on Instagrams, Twitter, CJ Sullivan. Yeah, and share the podcast with all your friends. Yeah. Rate us, five-star review it, and share it to 50,000 people. All right. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.